and we will be simulcasting on 88.5, as I said. And then immediately following the show, um, it will be on SoundCloud. Go to WCUG. Um, Where's the SoundCloud? Oh, 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio. Again. You can just search Cougar Radio. Yep. Again, search Cougar Radio. Um, You have to put all that. Thank you for telling me that. Again, search (laughs) Cougar Radio and SoundCloud. You should see the Drop the Gloves folder. I think a folder will be up. If not, you just see Drop the Gloves there. Week number two here is about to be underway and in the books here in the next hour. Thank you all for joining us. As Mad Dog joins in and says, Michigan Wolverines with the laughing emoji. Um, I can't deny it. I mean, until the fourth quarter, a complete and utter joke. Unbelievable. And I don't think it has to do with Shea Patterson. I really thought the play calling um, was atrocious. I thought it was boring, and it's not set, and it's not suit for the skill set of Shea Patterson. We'll get into that in a, uh, momentarily. We're going to get into Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, and also Week 2 preview, uh, as well as we're going to get into NFL and just like we did last week with college football, we're about to give our NFL super bold projections. I wish I had like the sound bar to be able to press to that, like just to make it very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, even though, again, we're just, it's a play of words. We're trying to make fun of all the projections and predictions that go on before the season starts because no one really knows. That's why we, Call it the Super Bold, because it's a bold predictions. Um, we'll get into week one picks for the NFL, week two picks for college football, and we'll, of course, talk Falcons preview. And for all you baseball fans, we're going to get into that as well. Again, thank you all for joining us. We are on 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio, and on Facebook, type in Thrift Barringer or Wendell Barfield. Um, T-H-R-I-F-T-B-A-R-R-I-N-G-E-R and you should see on my Facebook you can add me and you'll be able to see and watch us live and leave a comment or you can call in at 706-507-8617 week one recap Um, I thought the storyline was going to be how dominant Bama was Auburn getting a much needed top 10 victory but the main storyline is Eddie O how about your boy? Coming in of expectations, many thought four and eight, six and six, at best, eight, seven four. and five, eight and four, and just pounds Miami, especially in the first half. Not, not as much in the second half, but especially in the first half, just completely dominated. Uh, Miami team that most had playoff contention and the second best team in the ACC. That is totally a Mark Rick performance, but I will say this. Before you get into your reaction of LSU, I still think this Miami team is going to be a good Miami team. They're going to get better as the season goes on, so don't throw them away yet. But what You're an embarrassment. Mark rigged. But I, it's just a typical at Mark Rick performance, is it not? It is. Fair. Is this not what you expect from Mark Rick to be close to 10-point favorites and find a way to not only lose but just get completely dominated and look lackadaisical, uninterested, and bored on offense? Yep. Um, just going – Watching the game, LSU looked dominant the entire game, but we talked about before how they only had, I think, around, what, 297 yard total uh, total yards on offense. Yep. Uh, people need to slam or slow, uh, put the brakes on LSU, I should say. Um, I think they looked dominant, but they had a lot of turnovers, a lot of pick sixes, scooping uh, scoop scores, and big plays and stuff like that. Um, I think it gets really good defenses, uh, especially like in Auburn, especially Mississippi State this year, having Jeffrey Simmons up front, and especially Alabama, as always. 
and uh, Georgia coming later in the year, uh, I think LSU will come back to the norm and have kind of that eight and four, nine and three season at best. What we were talking about, right? Um, it just kind of looked like Miami kind of gave up towards the middle of the game. Uh, their defense was not. You can just tell they were not in it just because of the offense. They couldn't really do anything or get anything going. Um, and I said this off air. I thought that this was more about Miami and how bad they look than about how great LSU is. But to come out as fired up as they did and to play as well as they did offensively in the first half, I thought it has to be credit to Ed Orgeron for them coming out to play the way they did and their, and their staff. But as you said, and I'm going to point out again, 296 yards of total offense is not going to beat at Auburn, Georgia at home, Alabama at home, at Mississippi State. It's just not going to happen. Maybe you not get, even A&M. Yeah, and maybe not even A&M. You need to see more offensive production. Joe Burrows did enough to win the game and not lose it. That's the best way to describe right. Joe Burrows' performance. He didn't lose the game. Because 11, 11, 11, what was his stat? 11 for 25, like 150 yards. I can look it up. 11 of 25, around that number. Completion percentage way under 50%. Didn't even have close to 200 yards. I mean, a lot of it had to do with the ground and pound of Nick Brissett and the turnovers by the LSU defense caused by them and also was forced by Miami on its own. Um, again, credit to LSU. I'm still not binding them being a top 10 team and being contended for the playoff. But a game like this can save Ed Orgeron's career. It can. Instead of being on the hot seat, now with this win against Miami, especially Miami goes on to win 9 or 10 games this year, and LSU could still manage to win 8 or 9 games, he's going to keep his job. And that's, it was that's 11, all he wants. 11 for 24, 5.8 yards per pass. So he's not throwing the ball downfield. Yeah. They didn't really throw the ball downfield, but that's not what they're usually going to do. Yep. But going back to what you were saying, LSU winning is going to help Auburn. It's going to help Mississippi State and, yeah. and Georgia and all these other teams just because of the way they played and whether they looked against a good Miami team, even though Miami did not look good last night. I mean, if you go off of just schedule right now in the rankings right now, um, I still think Washington's going to manage to be in the top 10, top 11. They're not going to drop off. They're not going to drop off for in the AP poll. Yeah. By the way, new segment coming out. I know you see it on Facebook Live. Do it every We're week. giving our best poll in college football. It's a new segment where we make fun of all the polls because we think they do not matter early in the season, especially. Uh, so we're going to give our version of those polls. Top 10, say in the next 10 to 15 minutes, just stay tuned. Leave your comments. Leave your top 10. Leave your who's your playoff right now. I know everybody's giving their playoff, and everybody has to give their predictions after week one, even though they have no clue. Still got uh, Texas in there. Yeah, still have Texas. <laughs> we'll get into that, too. Um, but great job by LSU for getting the win. We're not dissing or anything about it with LSU. They, just, like you said, yeah. it was just kind of Miami's faltering. Um, but like I said, with with Washington, I don't think they're going to move out of the top ten. Auburn in the first two out of three weeks is going to have two, and I don't know how they're going to look at the end of the season. I'm just talking about right now in the beginning. Auburn is going to have two, probably top twelve, at least top twelve, top thirty. I think LSU is going to move up to around that area. Move up a little bit, more uh, maybe even top ten uh, wins this early in the season is only going to bode well for Auburn. So I, I do agree with you and George as well, because LSU can still, I think they can beat uh, Florida at home and, or at Florida. I think that's a very winnable game. And if they're five and one playing Georgia, they still have stuff to play for. Cause they are playing and it's Auburn at, at LSU home. again. So that Georgia game could be, you know, something to play for by then. Instead, we thought the season would be over with by week three. Cause it'd be one and two. <laughs> they're still have stuff to play for after week three, even if they do lose to Auburn. Sure. Moving on from LSU, Christian Young, Says, hold that tiger. <laughs> uh, hold that tiger. Go <laughs> uh, Tigers. Uh, question. Again, question of the day. Better interview 
Ed Orsron trying to make sense of what happened during the game and give his analysis of the game, which is absolutely atrocious, and it seems like he knows nothing about football, even though I'm not saying he doesn't. It just seems like when he talks about football and terminology after a game, it, it's it's terrible. It's funny to listen to. Is it between that, a happy Ed Orsron that is just baffled, doesn't know how, can't put words together, so he just throws stuff out of his first thing that comes to his mind, or... Mad Nick Saban, which you saw <laughs> with Maria poor, Taylor. Poor Maria Taylor. But again, like people said, she's a former athlete, and as a former she athlete, you're used to that. Yeah. But the look is what set it off. Because the look after he said, don't so ask- quit asking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nick Saban, I mean, well, I just don't understand. You won 51 to 14, and you managed to be more mad than you were before the game. I mean, it, it really is a question to bear. Which is why I guess he is the greatest coach of all time. I guess what he announced today. Tua is definitely the the starter, starter, which everyone knew (laughs) after that game. Transitioning from LSU to now Bama, the tide keep on rolling. Um, I know the cliche is great teams don't rebuild. They just reload. And that's what Bama does every year. Um, Yeah, Saban, you do just poop out players. I mean, look what you just did. You lose your entire secondary playing against, I think, an elite receiving core, and you hold them to 14 points. Seven, really, until the backups are in later in the game. Also, shout out Jawan Pass. Didn't have a great game, but didn't have a bad one either. Yeah, I didn't have a bad game either. And what were you expecting for against Alabama when they're His scoring first 44 start, points? His first game he's ever starting. I think he'll be fine, fine. and yeah. uh, and I'm cheering for him as well. Columbus guy. Yes. Carver guy. Um, but Bama, I said this several years ago. To beat Alabama, in my opinion, outside of LSU in 2011, to beat Alabama, you either have to have A, a pro-style quarterback that can make plays with his legs and plays a perfect game, a.k.a. 2010 Steven Garcia, okay? A.k.a. Jared Sidham, 2017. Johnny Manziel. No, Johnny Manziel's more of a, of a, of a yeah, hurry up. Running around. Running around, but I'm talking about guys that like Steven Garcia and Jared Sidham, they're not known for their legs. Yeah. The only reason they're able to win that game is because how efficient they are with throwing the football, the football and running the football. They had a, a sound running game with Lattimore last year with Carryon Johnson. Outside of those two anomalies and LSU with all the talent they had in 2011, Alabama still should have won that game 9-6, to and they did win 21-0. You're not beating Alabama unless you have a guy that is a Nick Marshall, a Cam Newton, a Johnny Manziel, uh, Marcus Mariota, or Cardell Jones, a JT Barrett, a Deshaun Watson. Those are the type of quarterbacks that have to play at an elite level to beat Alabama. Now Alabama has that quarterback. So the quarterback that you need to have to beat Alabama is now on Alabama's team. It's a cheat code. So now, no matter if you're able to score points on their defense or not with your quarterback, they're going to score just as much as two because two are exactly of all. I just think it's mind-boggling. It really is. The quarterback, Toa, which is the perfect replication of how to beat Alabama, is playing for them. What's your thoughts on it? Um, I, I just think it's really not fair with them having an amazing quarterback. They really haven't had one since, I guess you could say, McCarron. Um, I don't really count him because uh, Tua can run as well. Um, he showed that, obviously, in the national championship game. 
made some plays with his feet and also in this past game against an athletic uh, Louisville defense who obviously is not up to the standard of Alabama, yeah. especially after losing the people they've had, or they've had the last couple of years. But like you said, the the guy, like you, uh, having that guy that can beat Alabama is that prototypical pro-style guy that doesn't make mistakes, can make any throw in the book, uh, doesn't turn the ball over and just stuff like that, yep. um, and run the ball and just play solid defense. Um, usually their offense isn't amazing, it's good. Right. Um, it's not going to run you up and down the field. They'll just run you to death, honestly. But now they have a guy that can throw it deep, throw and the they, intermediate pass, and, and also have, run. And what do they have? Elite receivers. Elite receivers. I, and, one thing they do not have this year, which I don't think that matters because Tua's going to make up for it, is I don't think they have a running back, and Damian Harris is a great running back, and he's still going to put up 1,000 yards this year. But he's not a Derrick Henry or an Eddie Lacy or Trent Richardson or Mark Ingram. They can carry college, the ball. College Trent 35. College, yes. <laughs> Jesus, how terrible was he? And the Colts traded a first-round pick for him. <laughs> he had 500 yards. He, he said, the, the last time you'll see me is when I'm putting on my gold jacket in Canton, Ohio. Anyway, yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah, Canton, Ohio. And now he's hopefully not putting on a different type of jacket, going to jail or prison, because what I've heard, what's going on with him. Yeah. Uh, but again... Alabama, elite, by far the best team in the country right now. And anyone that thinks, like, this happens every year. Every single season, Bama comes out and plays like this first game of the season. Outside of 2014, when they won 33-23 to against West Virginia, look, you know, I thought pretty pathetic. Outside of that, Alabama dominates. Wisconsin 2015, USC 2016, even Florida State last year 24-7. to Bama continues to dominate, um, and they're the best team by far. Uh, Christian asked, it, you think Hurts will pack his bags after this year? I think he will. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, um, he graduates in December. Question is, do they redshirt him? Because remember, he has four games, now three more, and he can be redshirted and still have two more years of eligibility after this year. Because his draft stock will not be high. But he is staying in Alabama. He's going to finish out the season on the team, whether he's redshirted or not, but he is leaving. Uh, he wants to graduate in December. If he graduates in December early, he can transfer anywhere he wants without restriction and can play immediately. That's what Nick uh, Jalen wants to do. And honestly, I think he's going to stay in the SEC. It depends on how Nick Saban handles this. Because if he handles it bad, there's going to be an opening, I think, in Auburn, Alabama next year um, for him to come in and start. And to be honest, oh my. He, listen to me. His skill set is equivalent to what Nick Marshall and Cam Newton. Cam Newton was a way better passer, but passing-wise, him and Nick Marshall are near the same and you saw what uh, Gus was able to do. I think running the football and with Nick Gus Malzahn's offense back in 2013, I think Jalen can do wonders with that. But I'm not saying he's going to go there. I'm just saying I that's just, a possibility. Uh, can the graduate transfer go wherever they want? Yeah, and then go anywhere they want. Oh, they can't block yeah, it. Okay. They can't block it at all. Okay. Uh, the, he could block it if he was still not a graduate Red transfer Red. and had to sit out a year. I don't they think. Can't I, do I that just now. don't think Jalen would do that though. That's just uh, again, it depends on how Saban handles it. Uh, transitioning from Good point. Uh, Alabama to like I just said Auburn. And here is my assessment of Auburn. I was thoroughly impressed that Auburn was able to win this game because this is the type of game Auburn has not been able to win over the last four or five years. Even Gus Malzahn said it. He said last year's team would not have won this game. At all. Um, The biggest thing I know everybody's talking about, I mean, Auburn only had about 150 yards, 160 yards rushing, um, only 3.6 yards of carry for Cam Martin. Washington's a top 10 defense, and I expect them to be floating around the top 10, top 15 ranking-wise on defense and just the overall rankings uh, team-wise. I think they'll stay in the AP poll and college football playoff top 10 throughout the season. I think they're going to go 11-1, 10-2, and manage to win, I think, the Pac-12 because I think the Pac-12 is weak. Um, 
But with that being said, everyone's making a big deal about them not being able to run the football like they're accustomed to seeing with Auburn. This offensive line, and if you go back into Gus Malzahn's tenure at Auburn, it takes this offensive line in the running game several games to get continuity, cohesion, and to be able to, to force and to, or to um, dominate the line of scrimmage like they have, especially last year during that winning stretch of eight games. Look at it. Clemson last year, Mercer game, uh, even Missouri. You didn't see 200 yards rushing until Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU going on it's to the rest of the season. It's not fair to the Clemson game, though. But I, I agree, but I'm saying, yeah. though, early in the yeah. season, it's hard to tell Auburn's offense because they get better. No matter what season it is since Malzahn's been the other coach, as the season goes on, that's when you can tell is Auburn's offense going to be legit or not. Like 2016, 2015, you saw they took a step back. 2017, 2014, 2013, took a step forward. And you saw how the Auburn ended the season going at the SEC championship game two out of those three years. I thought not giving up any negative plays, not giving up not as many sacks. I think, if any, there was one, maybe two, and no turnovers. I think that is the biggest positive for Auburn moving forward. Against the best Pac-12 defense the last couple of years. I know it's the Pac-12, yeah. but it holds some, holds some weight. Um, I really, really was impressed the way this Auburn offensive line played. I think they're only going to get better. Um, J.B. Grimes is obvious. The improvement, uh, he is way better than Herb Hand. By the way, Texas, thank you for taking his hands, no pun intended, off of Auburn, <laughs> out of our hands, because now yeah. he's on Texas, and you only scored 29 points and lost to Maryland again. Auburn, though, uh, I thought they got the best win of the weekend outside of LSU. I still think there's a lot to improve with this team, but to manage to win this game, I think it says a lot for how Stidham, leadership, and as well as uh, Gus Malzahn. So, moving forward against top 10 teams, like or ranked you, teams. Like you said, pretty much you you didn't really say it, but you kind of said it. Auburn honestly played kind of sloppy, yeah. um, and they ended up winning no the game. And like we said, Gus Malzahn said, this team this year, or the team last year, would not have won this game this year. There were plenty of chances for Washington in the red zone. Um, some iffy play calling with the speed options and stuff like the fades. I didn't get into um, that yet, and I completely no, no, agree. No, 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 that's right. And... Uh, and, and and honestly, the undisciplined stuff of Auburn, yeah. um, the penalties. Um, I'm not trying to say that hate. It's true. You can look at the stats. Twelve yeah. penalties for 111 yards. That's like, unacceptable. That's not. It's not acceptable. Um, and also, probably called a break on a on a big play on a targeting as well. Even though Auburn didn't catch a break on a targeting on their receiver. Um, but it goes both ways. Like I said, um, just being disciplined. Once I think Auburn becomes more disciplined, which usually comes throughout the season, getting the jitters out, uh, getting all that adrenaline out. I think Auburn will be a, a very good team, and I th- honestly think Auburn could run the table. I think they're that good of a team, especially if Stidham plays well. And if you remember last year, or after the LSU game, that's when Stidham started to hit his mark, and whenever he uh, hit those intermediate passes and stuff like that, long passes, and be able to run the football like he can, yeah. even though he's not a running quarterback. Um, Auburn will be a very good team. Another big test in a couple weeks with LSU. Yes, it's at Auburn, um, but the way LSU did play, they'll be playing with a lot of adrenaline, a lot of, a lot of hype, even if it is at Auburn. Uh, I think it'll be a very fun game, even though I think Auburn is the superior team in that. And uh, coming out, like you said, after this week, with all you said about the negativity with the penalties, because that is unacceptable. If you go look at years past, look at Alabama-Florida State last year, that was pretty much a sloppy game. Top 10 teams that play early in the season, you're going to get sloppiness. I also think the game, the way the game was officiated had a lot to do with the penalties. I think a Big Ten officiating crew is not used to the speed that they saw against for Washington and Auburn as they do in the Big Ten. I think it's totally different how 
the teams play. They're used to watching Washington yeah. call a play every nine minutes. Yeah, and no excuse. So does it. It's unacceptable. The two things I, I do want to harp on, though, is the play calling for the two-point conversion. I don't know if that was a read for Malik Willis. That can't happen. Uh, I thought play calling got stagnant in the second half. Um, a lot that had to do with not being able to run the football and then putting eight in the outside. Uh, not- I think that's a call before the game type of thing. Yeah. Just kind of like we're going to do it anyway. But yeah. if you look at it, that almost yeah. cost Auburn the game. No, you're right. And it have been down a point. So just different things like that. Um, uh, Two-point conversion, though. Uh, yeah, sorry. At ahead. the end of the game, is unacceptable. Why are you chasing points? Why? Not only chasing points, but why do you have this, some, I don't know, an affinity for Chandler Cox? I, I It baffles senior, me. Senior. I mean, we're going back to 2016 when he was a sophomore, and we're doing the Chandler Cox special of spin in place and then run, try to get a first down. So what do you decide to they do? They ran the wild, the wildcat with him. Jared Sidham leads you all the way down the field, and you do a wildcat with Chandler Cox and throw a fade. Everyone knew Chandler wasn't running that football. He <laughs> had to have been throwing it. What in a terrible call. Sometimes I really do think Miles Knight overguesses himself. And Lindsey was supposed to be calling the plays the entire game. And, and Tyler Gamble's completely right. Uh, adjustments were made for Washington. They didn't execute in the red zone like they should have. Definitely made more execution second half. Auburn did adjust in the fourth quarter and managed to have that long drive, clutch game-winning drive, which, I, again, and Malzahn said it and you said it, I didn't expect that from Sidham last year. You're seeing the progressions this year. I think with Sidham, from Tua, this is by far the best quarterback group. Uh, Jake Bentley, Bentley Drew, Locke. Uh, Drew Locke. I mean, Nick there Fitzgerald. Is Nick Fitzgerald, Kellen Mond looked good. I mean, there is a ton of studs. Felipe Franks could be... With Dan Mullen, that's why Franks and Mon, you looked, can't he throw them out because Dan Mullen and Jimbo Fisher have a resume and a pedigree of making quarterbacks feel comfortable in their system. And I think that's going to continue for them. We got five minutes left. Uh, moving on from Auburn to Georgia, I didn't learn anything. I don't really care. I watched the game, overmatched. Um, I I didn't learn nothing, honestly. I, there really is no opinion for the game. I'll learn more this upcoming week. Nothing I learned. Vanilla play calling the entire first half. I mean, like the, you even said, it, it, I mean, you're about to get into it with the vanilla screen pass. There, I, mean, I think we threw like nine of them in the first like two drives. Right. And so it wasn't anything special. Ran the ball a little bit. Uh, uh, I think we scored 38 points or 35 points. In, like, opinion on fields? I, I don't have one. He's not. I mean, he's going to play. He's going to have some special packages, I think. But he looked good. He did tweak his ankle a little bit. I mean, um, but I mean, I, Fromm's the guy. He was 12 for 16. Just real right. quick. 12 for 16. Uh, two hundred something yards, two touchdowns, and he didn't break, didn't even really break a sweat. I think he averaged like uh, nine yards per attempt or something like that, yeah. which is always good. So nothing really learned. It was vanilla play calling. Well, let me you ask you a question then. You see, Fromm as efficient as he is, you saw what he did last year as a freshman. He's only going to get better. The receiving core is better than it was last year. Your offensive line has more experience than it did last year. So Bigger too. at all points in the direction of Jake Fromm having a great season. Now I do think again it predicates on play calling. I don't know if you're going to open up and be hurry up and try to score a lot of points like Alabama did, which I don't know why, if you're Georgia, why would you not want to do that? Because Alabama's got just as good a defense as you do, so you're going to have to be able to score points. I do think you open it up. I don't think you were trying to show anything against Austin P. Again, we'll learn more this upcoming week in South Carolina. But my question to you is this, and to any of you other Georgia fans, and we have, again, four, three minutes before we go to break, when you see Fields take off the way he does – I know that has to be something positive that 
dude, I don't see a lot of outside of Cam Newton run with the power and speed that he does. I'm, there, I'm serious. There dude. was one play. That I name me another quarterback that can run with the speed and power that Field Suds outside of Cam Newton. Name me one that you've seen over the last six, seven years. Johnny was quick. Nick Marshall was quick. Kyler Murray. They didn't like, run, but he's not. He doesn't run with the power. He has the no, speed. But. I'm talking about the power with the speed, not not quickness. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not quick, but he's not as quick as Nick Marshall or yeah, 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 or, yeah, 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 or Kyler sure. Murray. But again, I know that has to be a positive feat, but it, that is not going to overtake him starting over Jake Fromm just because he can run. And there was a there was a play where everybody was covering. He just he just ran for 20 yards like it was nothing. I mean, he got to the spot like instantly. I think it was like third or second and 12 or something along the lines of that. And I'm not used to seeing that as a Georgia fan. Right. And it's exciting to see and everyone. So, oh, we got to put fields in because he can do that. But we don't know how, how he can handle the offense, how he leads the team out on the field. You know how Jake Fromm does that, doesn't turn the ball over that much, and is a great leader on the field. I'm not saying Justin Fields can't do that. But but his ability to process in-game situation is almost abnormal when I'm talking about Jake Fromm. Now, Fields brings the it home run factor. But again, when you have a true freshman coming in, yes, you get the home run factor, but what comes with the home run factor? Headaches. Striking and, out, you know, headaches, turnovers, turnovers. mistakes. Missing guys wide open. And, and it's one thing when you're seeing him run against Austin P, and it's another when you're seeing him get, doing it against South Carolina. Wait to see LSU at LSU and, and all that type of stuff. You're, and also, I'll say this again. I've said this every. I've said this the entire summer ever since Jake Fromm. Jim Chaney and Kirby Smart do not want to start another freshman quarterback. Yeah. I don't care how freaking good this guy is. They do not want to play another one. They do not want to, have to deal with the headache every single week. Great offenses, again, in years past – Always had a second-year starting quarterback outside of Cam Newton in Auburn 2010. Great offenses. South, I mean, 2008 Oklahoma when they scored 66 straight games. Granted, two last year, too. I mean, yeah. Half of the game. But yeah. still, though. Yeah. Great offenses predicate on continuity between the offensive coordinator, the quarterback, and the offensive line. You got all that going for you. Why try to change that up just because you see the potential in fields? Use him for Wildcat. You ain't got to use Hardman. Use Fields now. You actually have a quarterback that can do it. Put you don't want to register. You're on the, fi- you're on the five yard line. Just put Fields out there real quick. If you can run the ball, Tim Tebow him. Why yeah. can't you use yeah. Tim Tebow? Exactly. Even though I do think Fromm is better than Chris Leak. They had to use Tim Tebow. I don't think you'll have to use Fromm. I mean Fields to score touchdowns in the red yep. zone. But why not utilize his ability if you're not going to redshirt him? Yep. Uh, when we come back from break, as what's when up, Jay Rome? <laughs> Jay Rome is joining us. Thank Jay Rome for joining us again. Going live on Labor Day. You know it, brother. We miss you. Thank you for joining us. Call in at 706-507-8617 or leave a comment below on Facebook. When we come back, more week two, week one college football review. And then we're getting into some NFL Super Bowl projections, Falcon preview, Major League Baseball, and our week two picks. Hey, South Carolina saying this about Georgia. We'll be right back in about three minutes.
Lay. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. This show does go on here on 88.5 WCUG Kuka Radio and live on Facebook Live. Type in T-H-R-I-F-T-B-A-R-R-I-N-G-E-R. Leave a comment below on the Facebook Live video or call in at 706-507-8617. When we went, we went to break, we were talking... Uh, we need that fade. It sounds so much better fade Fading, than just yeah. ending like that. Uh, we were talking about Alabama, Georgia, and Auburn getting their reaction. A team that was disappointing is Texas. I was so high on Texas coming into the season. I was so high on Tom Herman after 2016 that I got into many arguments with Georgia fans on, if you're going to fire Mort Rick, why not hire a guy that is already established at Houston, even though, albeit one season, why not hire him and find a way to keep Jeremy Pruitt, Jeremy Pruitt on staff instead of hiring Kirby Smart, who had no experience? That has come to backfire, which I didn't know. You were hiring Tom Herman, too. I thought this would work out at least by year two. No, uh, it's not working out by year two. Um, what an embarrassment they put on the field with an interim head coach in Maryland, all what they had going on this offseason. I know they had a lot of... Uh, What's it called? Am- not ambition. Um, motivation for this game. But no excuse for Texas to come out lay an egg two years in a row opening season. And what does what does Maryland usually finish in the Big Ten? Big Ten Bottom season? half. And I see that happening again this year. They're in the same division as Penn State. As Michigan, Michigan. State. Michigan. Ohio State. State. It's not happening. They're going to go 6-6, six and 7-5. Six, and five. You should be ashamed of yourself, Texas. Um, I don't, again, no offensive line. Uh, sporadic, their defense, which was one of the main talking points of how improved it was last year, how good they were, look atrocious. Can't stop Maryland. Terrible. By far the biggest disappointment outside of Miami. Um, An embarrassment for Miami, but even more for Texas because Miami played an LSU team that does have some talent and we all thought was better than Maryland. Texas, I had you win in the Big 12. I honestly think Oklahoma is going to name the score on you. And that's early right now, but I don't know how you disagree oh, totally with the way Oklahoma dominated the way they did. I, 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 albeit, again, Florida Atlantic. I still think Florida Atlantic's a good team with Lane Kiffin. An embarrassment. Anything you want to add for Maryland, Texas, before no, we move it's on? Just a, it's a joke that people were hyping them up this much, putting them in the playoff. Yep. And they can't even handle their business on the road at Maryland, which, honestly, a lot of Big 12 or SEC Big 10 teams should do. Yeah. Uh, Michigan and Notre Dame. Michigan, the play calling has to change for Shea Patterson and your team to be successful. Uh, the Wilton Spate, 1975, hand the ball off 300 times, uh, play action pass every now and then, offense boring, it's got to go. You're going to have to be more up-tempo. You're going to have to open the playbook up for Shea Patterson. Obvious when you only score one offensive touchdown against Notre Dame. Completely dominated in the first half. Settled down in the second half. Credit to Don Brown and that great defense. But again, another disappointment for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. I still think they're going to win 10 games. Anybody asking for him to be fired is is crazy. Notre Dame's a great team. I actually have them in the playoff as a top, top five, top ten team right now. Michigan will be fine. They'll manage to win nine or ten games this year. But eventually, Jim Harbaugh's got to take that next step, especially what he's getting paid. 
Like I said last week, I had Notre Dame in the playoff. I said Brandon Wimbush was going to step up, be a leader like Brian Kelly said he had to do, and uh, take over the offense and prove that everybody can throw the ball downfield and uh, and run the ball and run the offense. Um, he only threw the ball about 22 times, about 50%. Um, but he averaged about eight yards per play or eight yards per attempt on his passing, um, which is good. He had a, a, a couple of long balls, but he also ran the ball very effectively, like I said he would. Um, I just don't see Notre Dame being beaten by a lot of these ACC teams. It'll be interesting when they get to play Clemson, which I think they do this year. Um, I think Notre Dame will dominate the ACC. Um, their defense is great. They have a great pass rush. Um, and for Michigan, like you said, uh, it's stupid for people saying they need to fire Jim Harbaugh. Um, they ran the ball 33 times, 58 yards rushing. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> it, it's, joke. It's just, it just makes no sense to me how they can't find these guys with the top recruiting classes they get and can't coach them up like he did at Stanford and also like he did in the NFL. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, they got it back to about a seven-point game. But once Notre Dame got their pass rush going, pinned their ears back, Michigan had no chance. They couldn't block them the entire game. And uh, like you said, they had one offensive touchdown. They couldn't do anything on offense. Shea Patterson overrated to me. Um, he was going to get beat out by Tamu, by that guy in Ole Miss. I can't remember how you say his name. Jordan Tamu. Yeah, he's going to get beat out by the guy at Ole Miss anyway. That's why he left, honestly. He's yeah. going to get beat out by that guy. Yeah. He's overrated. Um, I don't think he's that special of a player in college football. He's overrated coming into the uh, coming into college football. Um, I just don't see unless he just starts dominating games like he can with his feet, which I think he needs to do more often instead of sitting in the pocket a lot and trying to find guys downfield that are covered. Um, and that's my two cents. Yeah, I, but again, I do think they'll improve later on in the season. But Jonathan's right. If they do lose all their rivals this year and manage to go 8-4 again, I do think he'll be fired or questions wow. will be raised. And that is I crazy think he's to got, think. I think he has this year and one more year and until then he has to prove something. Yeah. He's got to prove something. Our best college football poll ever. We're going to give it every week, our top 10 teams. And it is time now. Is Texas in there? That's like the third time you've asked about it. I think you're a huge fan of Texas. Texas is back, though. They're back. Uh, best college football poll that does not matter. Number 10. We think here at Drop the Gloves that after Washington losing to Auburn, which Auburn is a top 10 team, they'll still stay in the top 10. Jake Browning's a really good quarterback. The receiving core has made unbelievable plays, and that's a top 10 defense. Good secondary. Uh, again, they left a lot of points out on the field. Could have won the game, didn't. Still think they have a lot to play for going on, and they're going to be favorites in every game they play late going forward. I'm because still, they know they have to win now. Yeah, exactly, and I think they win the Pac-12 uh, North and the overall conference overall. now. Yeah. Number nine, West Virginia. Um, I. This is really my pick. I don't know. If yeah, you... I, I I believe in West Virginia. I still I think they're a top ten, fifteen team. I think they're all on the outside of the top ten. But I do think though, after week one, they had one of the more impressive victories. I know it was against Tennessee. I know Tennessee doesn't have a lot of expectations this year, but uh, Greer is putting up lights out numbers. We have seen this before from West Virginia though. Remember, Geno yep. Smith started hot in five and zero, and West Virginia was top ten. They faltered down the stretch. But when I... Will Greer needed Will Greer needed to step up. He yeah. did, yes. and I think this defense is a lot better than it was in 2012. Can't get much worse. I will hold my thoughts on West Virginia if they can beat Oklahoma. Or keep to, it close in some 2016, regard. they had, I thought, the better team. They were 10-1, and one, uh, playing at home for the Big 12 title, and they get beat 56-28 and give up almost 700 yards of rushing at home. 
against Oklahoma in 2016. I'll hold regiment. Um, uh, I'll hold my thoughts on West Virginia, but still think they're a good team. team yep. I'll keep them in the top ten. <laughs> Number eight, Ohio State. They dismantled uh, Oregon State. I think Dwayne Haskins is a better version of JT Barrett. I think in clutch moments, I don't think he's going to make don't bad mistakes. Uh, no, Jesus, he hates on JT. Even though <laughs> JT put up astronomical numbers last year in games actually, that matter. Actually, that He'll actually, yeah, no. Games that matter, he didn't do well. Um, Ohio State number eight. Anything you want to add for them? Uh, honestly, they their defense didn't look as good as they ever said it would be. Give up thirty thirty points. points to Oregon State. Oregon State's going to finish dead last in the Pac twelve. Um, not not too impressed, but it probably had to do with some of the stuff that's gone on recently. Still has the talent there, though. Yeah. Number seven, Wisconsin. They played nobody. They played Western Kentucky. Going to keep them at number seven. Uh, as we froze. I think we froze on Facebook Live. Just real quick, sorry. But like you said, Wisconsin uh, playing, I can't even remember they played. They played some terrible team. Went in th- I know they won by 31. Jonathan Taylor looked good. They're going to run the ball and play defense like they always do. They're not going to throw the ball on you. Um, I don't really know how they're going to fare against a good, maybe a good defense like maybe Ohio State, but a definitely like a Penn State or a Michigan. Um, see if they can throw the ball again. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they fare against those teams, especially how Jonathan Taylor runs the ball. Yeah, again, I'll I'll hold my judgment for uh, Wisconsin as they play Iowa in two weeks. And at Iowa, I might. I mean, I think Iowa could win that division. Honestly, I think I picked them to win that division. Um, but yeah, we are definitely frozen. Yeah, you did pick Iowa to win that division. They're definitely frozen. So I'm going to redo the Facebook Live video. Uh, guys, We're sorry about that. Sorry about that again. Um, moving on from that, <laughs> number six is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, like we touched on just a minute ago, uh, Notre Dame, honestly, just kind of dominating Michigan up and down the field, throwing the ball wherever they wanted to, and really just running the ball. What it came down to, and playing solid defense and getting a good pass rush, they can do that all year, especially against some of these ACC teams, um, and maybe put up a good score against Clemson. Um, I think Notre Dame is an easy shoe in right now for the college football playoff. I don't see anybody else who can really beat them. Even if they do live to lose to Clemson, they have a good chance of still making the playoff because they did lose to Georgia last year, and they were still pretty highly rated because Notre Dame has that notoriety and will be um, uh, will be put up there with the top teams even if they don't win a conference title, which honestly, in the end, as you've seen last year, it doesn't really matter if they do. If anybody wins the conference title, ask Penn State, ask Alabama. They still got in, even though Penn State did not. Um, the co- the committee tries to put in whoever they think is the best, and I right. think no matter and even that name name recognition, Notre Dame will get um, will get put in, even if they do have one loss, and if it's a close one to Clemson. So, so again, people that are joining us back um, from Facebook Live, thank y'all for joining us. Um, sorry about the technical difficulties. We froze for some reason. I don't know why it does that. Um, definitely could use an upgrade on this computer right here. Definitely an old Mac mm-hmm. by That's far. For sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you all everybody for joining us. Number six was Notre Dame. Moving on to the next one <laughs> from Notre Dame is number five Auburn. I think they're just outside the top four. I just couldn't put them over Oklahoma yet. I thought they were a great win against Washington again, but a lot of improvement. 
and I think that's going to come. I do think this team's going to stay in the top five, top ten throughout the season, and I completely, completely stand by that the SEC has three top five teams. Do you agree totally or disagree? Agree. Even if if Auburn loses a couple games here or there, maybe just that, a game. But I, if, even if they lose two games and they're both to Georgia and Alabama, I still think they're a top I ten team. I still, I totally agree, just like last year. Num- and the number four through one, we're going to go quickly because we have 15 minutes left. We want to get into some uh, NFL. Uh, number four, Oklahoma, completely dominant on both sides of the football. Kyler Murray looks like a stud. He'll transition seamlessly for Baker Mayfield. This Oklahoma team is going to win the Big 12. After watching this week, uh, outside of TCU, yeah. I know, but outside of TCU, nobody in the Big 12 looked that impressive. Kansas State struggled to win. Texas Tech looked terrible. Texas looked bad. Outside of TCU, which we'll find out more in, in two weeks against Ohio was. State. Yeah. So from number four is Oklahoma. Number three, Georgia learned nothing. There's just, they are we'll the number three team. Yep. Clemson, same thing, learned nothing, but with all their talent, this is going all preseason expectations. Number two team. And of course, the most dominant team in college football, the Alabama Crimson Tide, is at number one in the best poll in college football period every week here on 88.5 you'll get it wcug google radio leave a comment below on facebook live calling at 706-507-8617 move on from college football we'll give our fsu virginia tech pick and our week two picks here in about 10 minutes we're gonna have to do this quick because we spent a lot of time on college which is okay nfl preview um Expectations for the Falcons is I think they're the best team in the NFC and they should go to the Super Bowl this year. A Super Bowl or bust. That's in my opinion. At least NFC Championship game. The defense is going to take strides from last year top 15, especially towards the late of the season into the playoffs. The Falcons had a top five defense. Against the Eagles held 15. Patriots and the Vikings both gave up 30 points or more. Top 10 defense. The Rams, by far the best offense last year in football. What do they do? Go into L.A., Held them to 19 points or 13 points, whatever it was, 16. Under 20. Under 20. I think with this defense, Steve Sarkeesian, you got three weeks. Check that. Two weeks. You got two weeks to prove to me before something needs to change. defense in the Eagles and the Panthers. Yeah, I agree. But with Nick Foles starting and the Eagles looking like they did this entire preseason, I'm not putting a lot of stock into it. Super Bowl or bust for these Falcons. I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think the Falcons are the best team in the NFC South. Who is? I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC South, and wow. I think the best team in the NFC are the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they're returning with Kirk? With, so you're believing in Kirk. It's not that I believe in Kirk. I believe in their defense. Dalvin Cook coming back um, and Latavius Murray coming back. I think they'll have a very good year on offense and just play solid defense like they do every year. Um, I think they'll bounce back. They were uh, – the Vikings, actually, they actually won off a miracle play. But uh, like I said, the Saints, I'll go back to the Saints. The Saints, I just think offense and defense up and down, uh, they were pretty bad in stopping the run last year, but they go and draft a guy in Marcus Davenport from UTSA and uh, fill up that, that gap in the middle of the field. Um, I think once they can figure that out, I think Drew Brees will be just fine, and uh, Alvin Kamara will have another great year, even though Mark Ingram is suspended right now. So I'm going Saints. You're winning. you got Saints winning the South. Yes. Who do you have winning the East? Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, or Redskins? We'll go ahead and do this quickly. I think the Eagles just because just because of the defense again. Um, I don't think the Giants are there yet. I think they'll be a, a, at around an eight-win team. Redskins could win nine, ten games, I could see, just because of their schedule. They have one of the easiest schedules this year. Cowboys are overrated. Um, defense will be a little bit better, but I just don't see how Dak or 
uh, Ezekiel will be able to carry the entire load, or Ezekiel will be able to carry the entire load with having that that uh, not of an elite of a receiving core. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys win the division this wow. year. I think not knowing with Carson Wentz when is he going to play is going to hurt the Eagles. I think I know Nick Foles got hot last year. I think they're going to struggle this year. Um, and I do think that Super Bowl coming off a win, uh, that always never translates well. I mean, look at the past winners. Outside of the Patriots, most past Super Bowl winners struggled the following season outside of Patriots and maybe the Seahawks who had a little bit of a dynasty. I'm on Cowboys, but I do think the Eagles will make the playoffs. We'll do a wild card in a minute. And my friend Christian Young, who is a big Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers fan, um, I think this is a great year. Uh, for for the Packers, I think they can win ten or eleven games, but I don't think it's enough to out. Be, or, uh, so you got Vikings in the North. Yes, but I, have, I still have the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to twelve or thirteen games, and I think the uh, the Packers can win ten or eleven, get to the playoffs, and have a good chance because anything can happen when you have a great quarterback and a decent defense. Um, which which still has questions for Green Bay, but I think Aaron Rodgers, no matter what, if you have him on your team, he is on a mission, challenging everybody on the team, even the coaches. I think this will be an amazing year for Aaron Rodgers, and you'll see that with him being healthy and going into the playoffs and dominating. But I still think the Vikings will win that division in the NFC North. I got the Packers winning the division. I think the Vikings take a step back. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. Wow. Uh, I, I'm dead serious. I do think they take a step back. I think they go 9-7, and 10-6. and six. I think this has a lot to do. They're going to still win, manage to win 9 or 10 games, maybe 11. I think this is how dominant and how loaded the NFC is with talented teams. There could be a... But, uh, there could be up to six, seven teams with nine or ten wins this year in the NFC. By far the best uh, league in football. Um, the West, I have the Rams winning. I think they have the second best roster, or top three best roster in football right now. With the, I know Aaron Donald still with the contract, but they no, just got the oh, Big, second no, biggest contract now. Uh, they got Indomitian Sue. Uh, they just traded for uh, Peters, Marcus Peters from. The, from the Chiefs, they're loaded. They got, uh, they just got a good uh, receiver too. Forgot Brandon Cooks from the Patriots. Rams win that division. Who you got? I'm gonna do it. You're I'm gonna say f- the new, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seattle Seahawks. What? I thought you were gonna go 49ers nope. and Jimmy G. I think they win seven games this year. Just I don't think they're gonna win over ten games or nine games. I don't think they go 500. All right. um, but anyway, Seahawks. Uh, I think the running game will be better this year. The, uh, they went and signed out, uh, signed uh, some offensive linemen. Russell Wilson will always be good. That defense, once they get Earl Thomas back, once his stupid self comes back and stops taking a forty thousand dollar fine, they will pay you. They will be fine, and they will play defense and run the ball. And Russell Wilson will win games for them and win ten or eleven games in that tough division. And I think the Seahawks have a great chance to win this division that is getting a lot of hype right now. Um, and that's honestly why. Who are your wild cards? Mine are Saints and Eagles. Both went going to the wild cards. So my playoffs are Falcons, Cowboys, Packers, Rams, the division winners, Saints and Eagles are my wild card. Who's your wild card? I'm going to go with the Packers and the Rams. I don't think the Falcons are going to make the playoffs this year. I think they're the third worst team in the division. I don't think the offense is going to be that good. I don't think Steve Sarkeesian. Are you kidding me right I now? I don't think Steve Sarkeesian is going to. Uh, if they don't make the playoffs this year, somebody's getting fired. I don't think Steve Sarkeesian is going to last through the entire season. Okay, I think he is that bad. Um, I've told my friends oh. I'm not watching a Falcons game until he gets fired, which I am. Um, but I, I just don't think he he does no rhythm in the NFL. He, he almost doesn't even have any rhythm in college. He honestly needs to go back to college. Um, I just don't think the Falcons 
which I think the defense will be fine. I just don't see them in this tough of a division and tough in the NFC and having this tough of a schedule, having to go play at Pittsburgh, playing uh, at at uh, Philadelphia, playing in Washington. Definitely a tough schedule. And playing uh, at Green Bay. I just don't see how we can win uh, some of these games on the road at Carolina and at New Orleans and on the road at like Green Bay and teams and such like that. We're going to have to steal a couple of games, and I just don't think the offense can do it. I don't think we're going to be able to play that good of defense and be able to score that many points. I know I, I'm a big Falcons fan. I just don't see it, and I hate to say that because we have so much talent on offense, we just don't have that good of a play caller. That's ridiculous. I'm, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that is a uh, definitely a super bold projection. Both of us got the Patriots winning the NFC East. I think both of us got the Steelers winning the NFC North, or you got the Ravens. No, that's not. The, yeah. If the Steelers don't win the NFC, it's a joke. It's a joke. So the we beat. both got Steelers. I think the only other contender there is the Bengals, and that's the only only team that really has a chance. I don't think the Ravens really have a chance this year. I think Joe Flacco's getting hyped up for nothing. Um, I just don't see how they can win the division even with – I think the Texans win the NFC, NFC South. I mean, AFC South. Who do you have winning the AFC South? Um, I'm going to go Jacksonville. I just think Jacksonville's defense is great again. Um. They'll have a lot more weapons on offense. Honestly, people want to talk about uh, Blake Bortles, him not being able to run the offense at the end of the Patriots game. It's not his fault. They had wide receivers out there that didn't even know half, a third of the plays. They ran, I think, four or five of the same plays almost every other play. They, they had guys out there that didn't know what they were doing and didn't, weren't that experienced. It's not that Blake Bortles didn't know the offense. It's just they didn't have guys out there that really didn't know it at all. Um, and I think they should take a step forward on offense and as well on defense, I which think is hard to believe. I think if Deshaun Watson stays healthy, this would be the most prolific offense wow. in the AFC. That includes with the Patriots and Steelers. Uh, I think major strides will be st- taken with Houston. I think they're going to the division. I got the Chargers winning the AFC West. I am buying this pick solely because, I'm going to be honest, excuse me, uh, Colin Cowherd, sold me and he don't sell me on a lot of things but he sold me on this pick with the Chargers Chargers uh, if you look at their roster is loaded with talent got elite pass rushers got a good offensive line a good quarterback good running back great receivers I think this team is by far the best team in the NFC West I don't know what to believe in the Raiders AFC West West. I don't know what to believe in the Raiders with the trade of Khalil Mack which is a complete joke their over and under is now dropped to 7.5 I I would strongly suggest the under I think they'll win 6 games under John Gruden and I'm not a big believer in Case Keenum and the Broncos. My two wild cards are Chiefs and Jags. Who is your AFC West and your two wild cards? Real quick, for so we can get into our picks for college football. Um, in the I'll week say one. the Texans. I'm going to go with the Texans. And I'm going to go with a little something crazy here. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Colts. I think Andrew Luck comes back, bounces back. Every so you time. have three teams in the NFC, AFC South yep. making it. Who do you Which, have winning the West again? The Chargers, okay. just because, like you said, all the talent and stuff like that. I'm going to say the Colts, when Andrew Luck has been healthy and has an offensive line, which they drafted a great offensive lineman from Notre Dame this year, I think the Colts, will, uh, and if they can keep Andrew Luck healthy, when he's stayed healthy, 10-11-11. Those are all the games they've won when he's been healthy and when they when he's uh, actually played an entire season. Um, their defense will be a little bit better, um, and I think they will be better on offense with having some – Maybe some depth at running back and be able to run the football, and obviously T.Y. T.Y. Hilton being healthy, and uh, some of those other guys as well. All right, quickly, we have four minutes to go. We're going to start next week too. We're going to bring back Man in the Mirror, uh, some one of our favorite segments. Yep. We'll bring that later on so we can start evaluating. It's hard to give Man in the Mirror right now. I mean, we could have done it early on. I want to give coaches a little leeway. 
let him go about three or four weeks, and then we'll put start him, yelling at Gus, and then we'll put him in the mirror, Gus or Jim Harbaugh, whoever. Uh, we'll quickly picks. We have four minutes, so quickly, Wendell. Florida State, Virginia Tech play tonight. I think we're both going Florida State at home. I like DeAndre DeAndre Francois. I like Cam Akers, what he did last year with a terrible offensive line. So he put up a thousand worse, yards. Worse in the country. I think their well, offensive line only has to get better. Receiving core is good, and their defense is going to be take a setback from last year. Lose so Derwin James. Still good guys. enough to win ten or eleven games this year. I like watch Florida State winning at home quickly. Who do you got? Virginia Tech losing some guys on defense, traveling. Yep. Monday night game. Um, Willie Taggart, if he has a, a good quarterback, a good rushing offense, he's an amazing offensive play caller. Um, I think they will dominate tonight. I think they win by 14. Um, I think Florida State has a good year this year, 10-11 win season, yep. which would be good. And I think they have a good chance of winning 11 games and, and pressuring Clemson. And the um, way they're recruiting to with Taggart, I think this is going to be a program that sustains and they will wins 10-11 people. year. Yep, yeah. I agree Once with you. Once they get that offensive line figured out, they will be ready to go, and they will be a scary team. I don't care if Clemson has three uh, first-round picks on the defensive line. They and, will run the a, football. And a lot of that has to do with DeAndre Francois and how good of a quarterback I think we both think he's going to be this year. Uh, moving on from that, uh, to other games that are happening in college football. Not not a great slate this week. Uh, Georgia and South Carolina. I think it's going to be a close, sloppy game that Georgia managed to win later on. I say 20-20, Georgia wins this game. Um, I think... They're going to be hype. It's going to be hype. It's going to be a close game in the first South half. Carolina's, I think you wear them down the second half. I think South Carolina is going to come out swinging as Blazing. hard as they can. Yes. Um, I think Georgia will roll with the punches. Hostile at, at atmosphere, to say the and least. It'll be a host- I think when we get to the fir- third or fourth quarter, Georgia's going to wear them out. They've been hearing all all offseason how South Carolina's ready and all the ex-South Carolina players that are going to beat Georgia, and Georgia has no chance of coming on the road against this hostile environment. Georgia's learned from this. Uh, the past couple of years, people talking bulletin board material. I think Georgia comes out and makes a statement. I think they win by 10 to 14 points. They uh, they take away the lead uh, late in the four, uh, kind of towards the fourth quarter, third quarter ending of uh, that time of a uh, game. I think Jake Fromm has a great game. DeAndre Swift will show you why he's one of the best running backs in the country. And uh, South Carolina will finally shut up, honestly, because I'm tired of hearing it. I mean, that is straight homer. They just came. I don't care. Mouth. I think we are going to dominate them up and down the field to the fourth quarter. That is straight homer that just came out of his mouth. And uh, but the I, game will be sloppy, like you said, because they will be swing coming out swinging. Um, you better hope that South Carolina does not manage to win this game because it'll be the la- It won't be the last thing you hear from them. I mean, this it'll last all season. It's not going to happen. Uh, we're going to do live one more time. I mean, we have two minutes. We're not even going to do live anymore. Um, our our last two picks. We got a minute and a half left. Um, you know, talk no. about the Alabama State Auburn game. The no, Alabama not, State Twitter post quickly. Falcons Eagles. That's what I wanted to get in, into. And really, there's nothing else. Uh, Cal, uh, Falcons Eagles. Who do you have? Everybody else in the NFL really don't care. Who do you got? Falcons, Eagles. I think, it's, I think it's home for the Eagles. I think they play well. I think they play good defense. I don't see how we score against them. Um, I know we did last year. We, we had a lot of chances, but I just don't see how the offense changes with Sarkeesian. I just don't believe in them. Uh, I do believe in them. I do think changes will be made, and I do think all, uh, Falcons managed to win this game, much like the Chiefs did last year against the Patriots. Uh, real quickly in college football, other two games that are happening around is USC Stanford. Uh, USC playing at Stanford. Neither team looked well in week one. I got Stanford winning. Who do you have real quick? Stanford, USC. Um, I think USC. I think I, don't, I didn't see a lot from Stanford. I like I, I like USC in this game. Clemson, Texas A&M, 20 seconds. Who do you Cle- got? Clemson's going to dominate them up and down the field. It's not even going to be close. And a fans, don't freak out. Jimbo's going to have your team ready 
in years to come. Thank y'all for listening. Have a great sports week. We'll see you next Monday. As always, stay easy, be fresh. This is Drop the Gloves on 88.5 WCUG. Cougar Radio. Thanks, guys.